Wherever you're joining this service from today, I want to welcome you very, very specially for everyone joining this service online from all around the world, from my city, Lagos, Nigeria, to other cities in Africa, uh, to people joining us from Europe, from North America, uh, from, you know, Far East and Middle East, wherever you're, you're joining from, I want to welcome you very, very specially. This promises to be a great time in God's presence. Can I encourage you uh, to please put distractions away from you, get set to as like an appointment with God, and then if you know anyone who should, uh, uh, who should be a part of this service, who should watch along with you, uh, you can just prompt them right now. Send a WhatsApp message to somebody, tag somebody if you're on any of our social media platforms. Just get them uh, to be a part of, of this service because it promises to be a great, great time in God's presence. All right, by the way of a quick announcement before we get into the Word of God today, I wanted to know that in uh, all of our locations and online, we are going to be sharing the communion today and speaking a blessing and commanding the hand of God to come upon everyone as we partake of the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus that redeemed us and is still speaking mercy and grace and favor over us. We're going to be doing that today, so please get ready to be a part of that. I also would like for you to know that Friday, the 2nd of October, will be our next night of increase. It's going to be virtual. But because there's no distance in the realm of the spirit, it's going to be a very fantastic, spiritually nourishing and uh, uh, powerful e e event that you must not miss. The good part of this is that you can join online from wherever you are. It will start from 7 p.m. on Friday, and it promises to be a powerful, powerful time of praying, of worshiping, of seeking the face of God, and God is going to be, you know, speaking to us also in an unprecedented manner uh, where somebody will be able to gain divine direction. There will be all kinds of healings and breakthroughs. The heavens will open over you and your family, and you need to look forward to it. If you've never been at a night of increase, this is your best opportunity. We record all kinds of testimonies of the things that our God can do. And I don't know what you're looking uh, up to God for this season, but you need to make it a date with God at the night of increase on the Friday, the 2nd of October. And uh, we also have uh, our annual women's conference, Made for More Women's Conference, uh, which is built to happen on Saturday, the 24th, and Sunday, the 25th of October. It's one of the great events that we look forward to every year. And all the women in the house, can you say amen to that? All right. Uh, uh, so we're looking forward to that for all the women. Please mark your calendar. Made for more conference this year will be Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th of October. And to all the singles in the house, I'm sure you had a great time at the anger yesterday. Oh, what, what, a, what, what a fantastic event. What a great experience. Uh, uh, lots of fun. Uh, the the wrap-up party was was you know, out of this world. Uh, the, 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 I love that, that, that young man, the, the, the DJ. I had a great experience. In fact, I had to dance to, 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 <laughs> to preach uh, one, of, one of my sessions. It, it, it was really great. If you missed it by any chance, I want to encourage you to please get on any of our platforms, especially YouTube or Facebook, and you're going to have a great experience right there in your living room on your own. Uh, uh, if you dare to just get there. There are lots of things that will be a blessing to you that happened yesterday at the hangout. Uh, so for all the singles, please make sure you, you, you help yourself to on-demand hangout right there on your own. Now, again, I want to welcome everybody to the service today. I have uh, 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 this, this uh, uh, to show you from my kitchen again today. And maybe, uh, I don't know whether this will be the last time I'll be cooking in the service like, like this, but well, enjoy it while, while it lasts. Now, welcome to my kitchen. I've had all kinds of demonstrations from here from the beginning of this series. Uh, is it about my spices? Uh, as we've been talking about spices uh, or other things, like last week, you know, we're talking about the, the cake and how you mix the cake. Now, let me focus on what I have for you today. Uh, if you look at these little bowls in front of me, these little uh, dishes, in, dishes in front of me, you, you, you see that there are two substances that are very similar in the way they look. Uh, your guess, I mean, by now maybe somebody's guessing. What could this be? Is this milk? Is this this? Is this that? Uh, right, this is, this is salt. This is salt. And this is sugar. They look almost exactly the same. And you can use them in your cooking, but there are different 
purposes that you can, uh, 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 that, that for, I mean, for which you can use salt in cooking and other things that you can use sugar for. In fact, most of the time, we don't use sugar for cooking. But let me tell you this story. Uh, uh, sometimes ago, my wife had to cook for someone who wasn't, you know, feeling too good, so she went over to their place, and then she, she needed to make, uh, you know, a pot of stew for them. And in doing that, she, she, she grabbed what she thought was, um, was salt, and she was trying to season uh, uh, the, the stew. But she said she would taste it, and she would just realize that it, it wasn't tasting like what the stew should taste like, despite of, uh, uh, I mean, or in spite of uh, putting all the other spices that, are, that were necessary for this particular stew that she was making. Then after a while, she realized that she was pouring this supposed salt inside it, but yet the taste wasn't changing until somebody walked into the kitchen who was more familiar with the house and said, oh, sis, what are you trying to do? I mean, uh, that's, that's not salt, that, that's sugar. And all of a sudden, it dawned on her that she had been pouring sugar into the stew where she was supposed to be pouring salt. And that's how a lot of us run our relationships. We put a particular spice where we're supposed to put a different kind of spice. I hope in the last three weeks, you've seen some of the major spices that you need to put in your relationship if you're going to get it to be tasty, to be enjoyable, to be the nice relationship or marriage that you have always envisioned. Now, I need to say this. Just like salt, we have super spices. That, and the way they work is that they bring out the goodness in all the other things, all the other ingredients that you have put into uh, the meal that you're trying to make. You know, you can add as, many, as, mo I mean, as much curry as you want. For instance, if you're making a particular kind of meal, uh, but curry itself will not bring out all the other goodness that you have put in there in terms of spices and you know, additives and ingredients until you put salt, which is a super spice. What I'm discussing today is a super spice. Uh, in fact, you know, we've talked about uh, uh, um, we've talked about priority, we've talked about pursuit, you know, we've talked about many other spices that I've recommended. But the spice of today is the kind of spice that if you refuse to add it to your relationship, you can prioritize, you can pursue, but it will not still make sense. This relationship will not look like what it's supposed to be. And I'm talking about nothing else but vulnerability, vulnerability. Vulnerability. I'm sure some people may have been guessing. So what's this super spice that PG is talking about? Uh, it's vulnerability. So my fourth spice uh, is vulnerability. Vulnerability. Uh, and I'm going to take a text from Genesis chapter 2. You know, we've been reading verse 24, uh, which says, uh, For this reason, a man shall leave his father. He said, therefore, a man shall leave his father. Sorry, he said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and and mother and be joined to his wife and they too shall become one flesh. But when you go to verse 25, verse 25, which is where we see what we're discussing today. In verse 25, it says they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. God's original plan for Adam and Eve in the garden was for them to remain naked. Naked, 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 naked. <laughs> I know it's the kind of word that scares people when you talk about nakedness or naked. Have you ever had a dream before? And in your dream, uh, maybe you're a student and you just realize that you're walking to your faculty building from your hostel and all of a sudden somebody said, ah, you're not wearing anything. You know, it, it, it's the kind of dream you don't even like to have again for the rest of your life because of the way you felt while you had a dream. Because maybe in the dream, you just started noticing how you're not wearing anything, and then you started running back to your hostel. <laughs> People have had all kinds of funny dreams like that before, that, 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 you know, where you just realize that, oh, maybe uh, uh, you're wearing shirt, your shirt, but you're not wearing uh, any pants under or trousers under, and then you are outside. All kinds of scary dreams that people have had before, that even relieving that dream, you feel like, but what, what, what's that? Is it, is it like something shameful is going to happen to me? 
Uh, don't I need to pray uh, and bind the devil? <laughs> That's how we feel when we feel exposed or when we feel uh, uh, that we're naked. Uh, you know, and uh, it's important for us to understand that this sense of nakedness and not being ashamed, which ordinarily shame or a, a, a kind of fear, we always follow nakedness, but in marriage, the way God wants it is nakedness, vulnerability that does not come with shame or fear. That's the real marriage. That's the super spice that elevates all the other spices. So when I'm uh, maybe pursuing uh, uh, my, my, my spouse or prioritizing my partner without vulnerability, it looks like fake. It looks like something that is not, it, 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 it's just not there. Is somebody following me today? It's just not there. God's original intention is that uh, I will be naked, on all grounds with my partner or my spouse, as the case may be. And when you are in a dating relationship, there are levels of nakedness, of vulnerability, that you can use to practice all the different levels of vulnerability or nakedness. Can I describe what I'm talking about? Nakedness occurs on four levels. Physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Can I speak to the singles in the house today? Uh, when you are single and preparing to get married or thinking that you're going to marry someday, you need to understand that for you to prepare to be able to have this kind of spice to your relationship after you've gotten married, you need to practice vulnerability while yet single. What happens to mental vulnerability or emotional vulnerability? Some people are very you know, smart and cerebral, but you feel like hey, if I talk too much or if I... Uh, say so much about what I know, I may be harming this relationship. So you're keeping stuff to yourself. There's no mental vulnerability. I can't even say this is what you know. Some people have, have uh, done a bit of research on certain areas of life, or even their spouse, or their, their partner, or spouse-to-be. But yet, they keep everything to their chest. Not, they don't want to be naked. They don't want to say everything that they know. Emotional nakedness. What happens to, uh, you know, just... Being able to say, you know, I'm really very angry right now because that anger is an emotion. Or, you know, I'm usually fearful when this kind of thing happens. But you think that if you speak to this person that you're dating too much about your fears and your anxieties, they may start to feel like you're not the right person. So you're not practicing emotional nakedness or vulnerability. And you need to understand it on like, on like nudity, uh, which just speaks to physical exposure, Real nakedness, the way God wants it, is, you know, about trust and vulnerability. That's what it's all about. It's about trust and vulnerability. That's what real nakedness in a relationship is all about. It's about trust and vulnerability. Many people get into, um, uh, into a marriage and uh, they have not practiced vulnerability beyond just sleeping together, <laughs> which ideally is the level of vulnerability that should be kept into marriage. But you see, when you put it ahead of you in a dating relationship, it has a way of killing the other levels of vulnerability. Some people think that if we start to sleep together, we will love each other more and we'll be more open to each other. It's been proven over and again that sex outside of wedlock as a way of killing the other areas of vulnerability that you should explore because the moment you start, that's what you focus on the most. And you feel, if, if, if you don't sleep with me, if you don't uh, 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 sh sh you know, connect with me in physical nakedness, that means you don't love me. But what about somebody who is sleeping with you and you don't know the next thought in their mind because they refuse to be uh, uh, you know, mentally naked or emotionally naked to you? That's, that's food for thought. That's something that you need to really, really think about. That uh, nakedness or intimacy or vulnerability is on so many planes. And I've just mentioned about four of them. Physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Some people have dated demons. <laughs> uh, because spiritually speaking, there's no vulnerability. Yeah. You don't even know what this person believes. You don't even know where they're going or where they're coming from. But before you know it, 
you are already engaging in physical uh, vulnerability or, or physical nakedness. So uh, you know there are many groups in the world today that promote nudity and all that, uh, and you know, that's just still one of the ways the devil seeks to distract us from the real issue. Uh, um, people can believe whatever they want, but nudity, uh, I, I don't think we're practicing nudity and living, you know, and embarrassing young people all over the place or our children for them to see what they're not supposed to see. I don't think it portends anything for a better society. So what God really has in mind is not like he wanted Adam and Eve to just be walking around the garden naked. They were the only two people there anyways, you know, and all he wants is this level of vulnerability that would keep a relationship on a plane that will bring glory to God, that will, I mean, that, that, that will exalt truthfulness, that will exalt purity, openness, and trust. So Adam and Eve experienced complete nakedness, nakedness, physical, emotional, you know, mental, and, and, and spiritual. They, they experienced it at all levels. They were completely exposed on every level before God and before each other. Mind what I said, before God and before each other. For you to have the kind of relationship that God has in mind for you, especially in marriage, vulnerability starts with God and then with my spouse. So vertical vulnerability, then horizontal vulnerability, especially with my spouse, with my spouse. So that's what God expects from you and I, that we're vulnerable before him, that we can share anything with him, that we can say anything to him, and at the same time, we share that level of vulnerability uh, with, with our spouses. So ordinarily, uh, uh, in life, there should be no other relationship that affords us the potential for total nakedness. For total nakedness. There should be no other relationship that affords us that. Because the atmosphere that God has in mind in our marriage is the atmosphere of intimacy and openness. That's God's perfect picture for a marital relationship. Now, you can have friends, you can have family members who, who you can be, you know, uh, you, 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 can, you can be vulnerable with on certain levels. How do I mean? Healthy and complete nakedness must happen in a special place with the right person. Yeah. Can I say that one more time? Healthy and complete nakedness must happen in a special place with the right person. Complete nakedness. That's what happened in the right place with the right person. And that's when uh, we, we start to, that's what we, we, we experience in marriage. So, like I said, we can expose, we, I mean, we, we, we can expose ourselves or be vulnerable to friends and family, but it cannot be on those four planes of intimacy or, or vulnerability. You shouldn't have someone that you are exposed to on all the four levels that I've mentioned and you are not married to that person. You're just uh, uh, overexposing yourself and overexposing your life, if I can put it that way. It's only permitted that that will happen in marriage. Should I have somebody I'm emotionally vulnerable with as a friend or family member? Yes. 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 Should I have somebody that I'm spiritually vulnerable with? Maybe a, a spiritual mentor? Or Yes. But not a combination of all of that plus nakedness in the name of somebody is your pastor or your boss or what have you, or, you know, or, or a friend. We're going beyond a boundary that's beyond God's original intention for our lives. Praise God. I said praise God. Have you ever been in a situation before where uh, somebody is demanding a level of vulnerability from you and you're wondering, <laughs> when did I even know you? Or how can I be sure that you're not going to use this against me? Because a lot of the time when the devil really wants to attack people, it makes you to be vulnerable to the wrong person. Makes you to be vulnerable to the wrong person. Can I say this to somebody uh, uh, in this service today? That you need to be careful, especially in this season, not to be vulnerable to the wrong person. 
Our world has gone through a lot of, you know, crisis. And many of us have also gone through stuff. And when we go through crisis, we become more vulnerable emotionally. Somebody may be listening to me right now. You're going through a phase in your relational life, maybe as a single person. Or you, you, your marriage is, you know, is, is going through a shaking or a storm. Please be mindful of who you're vulnerable with at this season. Please be mindful of who you are talking to. Make sure that the person you are talking to is the one that can give you the right kind of help that you require. And mind the level of vulnerability. Mind the level of vulnerability. We, we are expected to be vulnerable to other people, but we should mind how vulnerable and on, on how many planes we are going to expose ourselves. Many people have ruined, ruined their relationships just because they were uh, vulnerable to the wrong person. To a person who is ready to take advantage of that. Ready uh, to leverage that vulnerability and wreck any kind of havoc. Uh, God will protect you this season. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for you today that the hand of God will shield you uh, 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 from being vulnerable to the wrong person. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the hand of God will shield you. The grace of God will guide you in the name of Jesus. And if you're married, I need you to understand this. Being vulnerable to the wrong person is like, you know, uh, throwing your most valuable spice out there in a place where it's, where it's not needed. You know what Proverbs 5 and 15 says? I think I need to, 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 to read that and just to help somebody here. Just to help, especially somebody who may be in adultery as I speak or may be tempted uh, to be in an emotional affair or what have you. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, Drink water from your own system and running water from your own well. Verse 16 says, should, should your fountain be dispersed abroad, streams of water in, in the streets? Look at verse 17. Let them be your own and not, from, uh, not, not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed. And I was talking about you know, intimacy and sexual engagement, you know, or how we meet our emotional needs. So let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving dare and a graceful doe, say, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with our love. So when it talks about, you know, uh, let her satisfy you and all that, it's just talking about where you meet your emotional needs. Now, when a relationship is in trouble, especially marriage, and you know that your, your emotional needs are no longer being met there because it has become difficult to be vulnerable, please look in the right direction. Please pray to God and let him guide you so that you don't go in the wrong direction. And that takes us into a good place, even within this message. It's a place where I want to emphasize uh, the need to be careful about, about sin. Sin is the greatest obstacle to vulnerability. Yeah. Sin is the greatest obstacle to vulnerability. Whether my sin or the sin or how I process the sin of my partners, of my partner. It's, 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 they, they, it remains the greatest obstacle to vulnerability and openness. You remember what Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says? It says the wages of sin is death. Sin has a wage. It has something that you will pay back or something that will, will get as a reward for it. And it's death. Death, you know, or separation. Death speaks of separation. The moment sin starts to get into a relationship, Separation starts to happen gradually. We lock ourselves in more emotionally. We start to withdraw. We start to withdraw. That's what, that's what happens when sin gets in. You remember Genesis chapter 3? I think I need to read that. Genesis 3 and verse, when you read from verse 7, the Bible says the moment Adam and Eve ate the fruit in the garden, what happened? What they have never, the kind of emotion they've never experienced before started to happen to them. Somebody listen to me today. I need you to understand this. If you want to spice up your relationship with a higher level of vulnerability, would you ask yourself today, is there any sin that I've that allowed to come into my life or that I'm condoning in the life of my partner or my spouse? It's very, very important. You need to understand this before I read this scripture, that to allow a burglar to enter into a house 
you don't need to open all the doors. You just need to leave one door or one window vulnerable or open enough for that person to be able to enter. So a thief, a destroyer, a burglar does not need all the doors open, just one. Is there a door that you have allowed to open right now in your life with which the devil can, can then trespass into your home or into your marital life or into your marital destiny if you are still single? We need to be mindful of how we undo the pathways, the doors. The Bible says we should not be ignorant of the devices of the devil so he doesn't take advantage of us. Doesn't take advantage of us. Is there any door that you've kept open that you may need to, sh you know, just shut that door this season? Because God is about to do something in your relational life. It's about to do something in your marital destiny. It's about to turn water to wine in your life. But it needs you to be the kind of person that can be vulnerable and celebrate vulnerability in your relationship and spice up your relationship, relational life with vulnerability. So, uh, in Genesis 3, when you read from verse 7, it says, the moment they had the fruit, it said, then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they, 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 they sewed uh, uh, fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. You see what happened there? The Bible says the moment they, they, they transgressed, they went into sin, their eyes became open in a negative way because that eyes being open brought uh, the awareness of their nakedness and the nakedness there came with shame. Shame that they could not bear seeing themselves naked. Nakedness that was not an issue before now became an issue. Verse 8 says, and they, they, they heard the sound of the, of, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife eat themselves from the presence of the Lord, the, the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9, then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? When the God who sees all things, omniscient God who knows all things, uh, is asking you where you are, then you should know that you're already in trouble. Because he knows where you are, but he wants you to recognize where you are. <laughs> it's not for him, it's for you. Uh, look at verse 10. And uh, Adam said, uh, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I was afraid. Adam was never afraid. He named all the animals. He was never afraid of the lion, of the deer, of the bear. But right now, he said, I was afraid. Sin brought fear into, that, into his life and into that relationship. said, I, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The moment sin comes in, we're not only going to be hiding ourselves from God, we're going to be hiding ourselves from our spouses as well, or our partners. That's what happened. Sin makes you hide from God and then hide from your partner. What we're supposed to celebrate becomes what we're hiding. What we're supposed to be able to show forth becomes what we're hiding. Are you still with me today? Some people also say, like, oh, um, if other people are misbehaving within the relationship, it doesn't affect me. So far, I'm okay. No, 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 it affects you. It affects you. You can't roll in the mud and then hug your partner and think that you, you won't transfer any of the mud to that partner. Yeah. So what the other person is doing also affects you. What I'm doing affects my partner. What my partner is doing affects me. That's where both of us need to be careful. When Adam and Eve sinned, they lost their capacity to be naked and not ashamed. And when vulnerability is lost, a major spice is out. The relationship can no longer be the same. There are many people who are married today without a deep level of vulnerability in that marriage, and they're, they, they, you know, they're running from pillar to post trying to make things work, and they don't know that that's one thing that they need to fix. There are many people in courtship relationships right now that the major problem in that courtship relationship is lack of vulnerability, and they're trying to fix every other thing. They're trying to kiss more. They're trying to smoosh more. They're trying to sleep together more. But you don't know that what will bring the real goodness into that relationship is a level of vulnerability that will pave way into a marriage where you then step into the, all the four levels that I've described before. How much of you 
Does your partner know? Because many people, in, I mean, in the past over 20 years of counseling, uh, I've, I've realized that many people will come and say, I didn't even know this person. I didn't even, you know. And if we choose to practice vulnerability, we continue, our, our knowledge of each other starts to increase. And then how comfortable we are with each other to be more vulnerable also gets on the increase. And that's how marriage is supposed to be. Now, before Adam and Eve ate the fruit, before any sin came in at all, the genitals were uncovered. And I want to expand on that a bit. That the fact that both of them can just be naked within the garden, it's, it, it's loaded with meaning. So before the fall, Adam and Eve were completely exposed, and that meant that their differences could be openly expressed. Can I say this to someone today? A major part of a man and a woman, the major difference that we have in our physiological makeup is the genital. If you, if you stretch the hand of a man and compare it to the hand of a woman, you hardly know the difference, except the man has been going to gym more than the woman. <laughs> if you look at somebody from the back, a lot of the time, you can't tell the difference. Some people have a behind, some men have bigger behind than even women. But when it comes to genitals, it's different. And the God made them, you know, flaunt this thing without feeling anything about it. So their differences could be openly expressed. That means where there's vulnerability, Difference of opinion, difference of perspective will be openly expressed without any issue. Secondly, they could have unhindered intimacy. No clothes, no covering, <laughs> complete honesty and vulnerability. So the fact that they are not wearing anything speaks to, you know, this level of openness that you, you, they, they can have real intimacy. They don't have to take off anything. That's what it speaks to. Look at the third one here. Their most sensitive area could be exposed without fear. Fear is a major issue most of the time in our relationships. Can I say this to this person and they will not reject me? Can I say where I've been or what I did 18 years ago and this person will not reject me now? The most sensitive area of our body happens to be our genitals. Genitals are the most sensitive area of our body. And that most sensitive area, God made them expose it to each other with no covering in the garden. Meaning that our most sensitive areas could be exposed without fear. That's what vulnerability does to us. We're able to expose the most emotional part of us, the most sensitive part of us. If somebody's second-guessing whether our genitals are the most uh, sensitive area of our body, then you need to talk to a doctor, or you need to try with, with maybe with pepper, uh, and try to see if, the, uh, if you can pour pepper on your body, you know. <laughs> if you pour pepper on your body, what I'm trying to say is, if you pour pepper on your body, you realize that in most parts of your body, you won't even feel it. But you try it with the, genit the, 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 the genital areas, then you see that the skin around there is extremely sensitive. Sensitive to, to germs, sensitive to substances, and, and, and all whatnot. So it's very important that one, that differences could be openly expressed. Two, they could have unhindered intimacy. Three, that most sensitive areas could be exposed without fear. Now, conversely, when sin came in, Adam and Eve needed a covering. When sin came in, they needed a covering. And what does that mean? It meant that where there's no vulnerability, when sin has destroyed vulnerability, our differences cannot be safely expressed with, uh, you know, where sin is present. That's what it means. Yeah. Now we can't talk about issues that are important to us, or we can't talk about our differences openly. We, can't, we don't even want to go there. It creates a problem when there's no vulnerability. Secondly, sin damages and destroys the atmosphere necessary to be, breed vulnerability. Yeah, that's what it does. It just destroys that atmosphere that is necessary to breed vulnerability. So we just realize that uh, it's just a lot of cover-up and hypocrisy. That's what the relationship has, uh, has now become. Just hypocrisy and cover-up. And thirdly, 
and last one there, where sin is present, the sensitive areas of our lives and relationships cannot be safely exposed. Yeah. Adam and Eve got fig leaves and they covered themselves. They started to cover themselves, cover their nakedness, you know, cover their sensitive parts. And that's what many people are having in their relationship now. The very sensitive areas of their lives are completely covered from their partners. Yeah. Completely covered from, from, from their partners. The partner does not know anything about your money. Yeah, because you don't want to be vulnerable there. Doesn't know anything about your health because you don't want to be vulnerable there. They can use it against you. They can, you know, it's like everything. It's just fear. Yeah, it's going to use it against me or she's going to use it against me if they get to know about it. It's important that we open ourselves up to the things that God wants to do in our relationships by allowing him to bring us into that place of vulnerability. And it starts with you and I submitting ourselves to God. If you are not vulnerable to God, you cannot be vulnerable to your spouse. Yeah. You won't be able to be vulnerable to your spouse the way you're supposed to be. So vulnerability is first of all vertical, and then it becomes horizontal to my spouse. Are you vulnerable to God in your daily dealings? Are you vulnerable to God? Do you speak to God from your heart and speak to God what is in your heart? And are you allowing sin to mess up your capacity to, put, to bring this spice of vulnerability into your relationship. I know many people have many reasons right now where they'll be saying, oh, how can I be vulnerable to this kind of person? How can I be vulnerable to that kind of person? How can I be vulnerable to this and to that? If you're in a relationship right now, whether it's marriage or just or, or dating or courtship relationship, I need to listen to this as I wrap this all up. One, that you take responsibility for your own behavior. Yeah. And admit your fault. Take responsibility for your own behavior and admit your fault. You know, just like Luke chapter 6, when you read verse 41 and 42, it talks about, you know, taking the, the, the being mindful of the plank in your own eyes before you take care of the speck in your brother's eyes. A lot of the time, uh, 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 we, 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 we overemphasize other people's faults and leave the major way that we're having the relationship you know, out of the table. And then we, 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 we refuse to take responsibility for the things that we are withholding from the relationship. This super spice that you are holding on to, uh, like I described earlier, you, you, you need to take responsibility for it. You may be doing many other things that people who will say, you know what, uh, I, I bought my spouse a car, I, you know, I built a house and all that. Uh, but your spouse does not even know how you are making money or how much money you make. Maybe it's one, one, one tenth of what you, you made that you have spent at home and you kept all that out, but you're focusing on that. Oh, I, 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 I'm so nice. I, I prioritize, you know, my spouse. I do this, I do that. All those things will have no meaning except you choose uh, to live a life of vulnerability. I also want to encourage somebody today that you should forgive. Do not return sin for sin. Yeah. If, you, if anything has happened in your relationship, any sin, whether it's adultery, whether it's, uh, you know, any, any disappointing thing, whatever may have happened, I need you to know that vulnerability can be restored. Trust can be restored in your home if you choose to forgive. Do not return sin for sin. Revenge and retaliation will not solve the problem. It won't solve the problem. Revenge and retaliation will not solve the problem. Luke chapter 6, where we read from earlier, verse 27 or God was speaking about how we, we need to love, you know, uh, people who, 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 have, who have hurt us. He said in verse 27, he said, but I say to you, uh, 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 I say to you who here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Verse 28 says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. You see, these two scriptures, some people feel like it's for every other situation, but not in marriage. So I can bless those who curse me at work, but if my spouse should, should curse me, I will curse back. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, can, I, can, I can bless, you know, my parents or my siblings if they, if they curse me, but if my spouse should try it, no, it doesn't. Some people just think that Luke 6, 27 and 28 does not work in marriage. And it does. It does. It does. It's a commandment that God, you know, has given us. 
to walk in love, and to live a life of forgiveness. Also, I need to add to that, speak the truth in love. That's what the scripture encourages us to do, that we speak the truth in love. When you are speaking the truth, when you want to you know, correct someone, use the right words. There are words that break down, destroy people's self-esteem, so that even if they committed one sin before, they will go and commit 20 after you have finished talking because you did not speak the truth in love. You broke them down more than you are building them up. In every man and in every woman, there's a king or a queen, and then there's also a fool. The one you speak to is the one that will answer you. Notwithstanding what somebody has done, you need to correct with a measure of emotional balance. Yeah. Speak the truth in love. That's what the scripture says. Even when you know that you're not in a good place, you know, you hate that person right now, if you're saying it, say it, you know, with, 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 at a level that will not destroy the relationship or destroy the self-esteem of the person you're speaking to. Speak about the sin. Don't condemn the sinner to hell. The sin has already been paid for. And I know the sin in, in, in marital relationship, you know, uh, like the scripture says in, uh, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 15, that uh, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit, and he that is joined to a harlot is one body with her. Uh, and the sin of uh, uh, sexual sin is the one sin that affects our body. That's what scripture says there. And I know that when somebody has cheated on their spouse, the spouse is hurt. Yeah. And sometimes... We, we, it generates serious negative emotions. But I, can I say this? That there's nothing that the Holy Spirit cannot help us with. That's why you need to be able to tell yourself that I will speak the truth in love, I will forgive, I will seek the health of my relationship. There's nothing that God cannot turn around. And then we can start to build friendship again and then pray for each other. Pray for each other. The moment you realize that you are, you are in a relationship with someone, whether a courtship relationship or marriage, and you can no longer pray for them, they've hurt you so much that you can't pray for them, then you should realize that you need help. Because there's nobody that Jesus said we can't pray for. Yeah. Pray for everyone, everyone, everyone. Because until somebody is completely dead, that's when they are done. Yeah. If they are still here, Jesus can save their soul. And can transform their life. You remember the thief on the left hand and you know and all that, and how Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Because while the other guy was mocking him, this one says, You know, when you get to, to your kingdom, don't forget me. You recognize the value of salvation that Jesus brought to us. And that was a game changer. Can I encourage somebody here today that it's time for you to recognize that God wants to turn your relationship around? All that it will take is for you to start to practice vulnerability by the help of the Holy Spirit and choosing to overlook the sins of the past. Whatever God has forgiven, you should forgive also. Yeah. And then open up your heart to building friendship again, to being able to connect gradually on the different planes of vulnerability until you get into that complete wholeness, openness, purity of marriage, that makes all things to work according to God's plan. And I pray for you today that the Lord Jesus will restore your home, restore your heart for another relationship. For anyone who may have a broken relationship or divorced or separated, can I pray for you today that your capacity to love and to receive love will be restored, that the old bitterness and animosity will be broken over your heart, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that the God of, of, of restoration will restore back to you what the enemy stole from you. In the name of Jesus, and for anyone whose relationship may be threatened right now, can I pray for you today that the wisdom of God comes upon your life to begin to build vulnerability again. In the name of the Lord Jesus, that God himself will give you grace to spice up what he has given you like never before. That a new beginning may start in your home, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Will you lift your two hands with me today and just bless the name of Jesus and just bless him, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Can you hand over your relational life to God at this point? Vulnerability is not easy. It's something that the Holy Spirit wants to cultivate in you and in me. The grace for purity, 
The grace for forgiveness is the thing that only God can give. Will you lift your hands to him today and commit your relationship into his hands and ask him, Father, breathe upon this relationship. Breathe upon my marital destiny. Breathe upon my life. If you're single, just tell him, Lord, I just need grace and wisdom to be able to know how to be vulnerable, how to practice vulnerability without sinning, how to be vulnerable without anyone taking advantage of me, uh, how to be vulnerable without transgressing, transgressing into sin. Will you, will, you, will you just speak to God today? Will you speak to God today and receive wisdom? And receive wisdom, receive wisdom. Grace for purity. Grace for purity. Grace for purity is coming upon somebody here today in the name of Jesus. My God is overturning and overturning and overturning every seed that the enemy may have sown into your relational life. I command them uprooted today. And as we partake of the communion, I decree a new beginning upon every home, a new beginning upon every life relationally. The, the wisdom of God overshadows you right now. In the name of Jesus, I decree healing in your heart. I decree wholeness coming into your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Wave your hands to him and bless him, bless him, bless him all over the place. Just bless him, bless him, bless him. Before we partake of the communion, can I pray for someone who will be saying, Pastor, sin has separated me from God. If Jesus should come right now, I don't know if I will be able to make it home with him. I want to pray for you. Somebody who may be saying, I said this prayer before. In fact, maybe more than once. But I know right now, if Jesus should come right now, I don't have a relationship with, with him. He cannot say, well done, good and faithful servant. Can I pray with you also? Can you join this prayer? And can you go on that platform, wherever platform you're joining from, and let us know uh, your decision. I'm giving my life to Christ, or I'm rededicating my life to Christ. Can you put it there on the platform? And if you're watching this on TV, I want you to do the same. Uh, we have WhatsApp numbers and emails that are showing on the screen. You can let us know after now that you made a decision to give your life to Jesus. But if you want to say the prayer, can you put your hands on your heart and say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I need a savior. So I open up my heart to you today. I'm vulnerable. I know you can see all things, but I willingly want you to look into my heart. I need help. Save my soul from the hands of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, forgive my sins and wash my sins away. I open up my heart for your spirit. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning from this moment forward. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you just said that prayer with me, like I said, I wanted to go into the chat room or just get um, the WhatsApp or, or email and, 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 and send us an email uh, uh, and let us know that you just made a decision uh, to rededicate your life to Jesus or to follow Jesus uh, because we want to help you. We want to uh, put some uh, materials in your hands. We, we want to expose you to our faith community that will help you build your faith and strengthen you uh, in the things of the Spirit. And all these things are available online. So if you let us know, then we'll be able to uh, uh, stand with you and help you uh, to stand for Jesus for the rest of your life. Now it's time to partake of the communion. So if you have... Uh, uh, water, wafer, juice, uh, whatever you have today with which we can uh, partake of the communion, bread, biscuit. I want you to bring it up right now. Bring it forward as we pray over all these materials and speak a blessing. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for everyone joining this service today. Whatever your sons and daughters and their families may be joining from, from around the world, we speak your blessing over every material that is set before them. Lord, that night with your disciples, you broke the bread. And you said, this is my body that was broken for you. You took the wine in the cup and you said, this is my blood that was shed for you. We decree today that as you, you've shed your blood for us and broke your body for us. For the redemption and restoration and wholeness of our soul. We speak over everyone joined to this service today. We decree as we partake of this communion, that healing is restored to somebody in the name of Jesus. Health is fully restored in the name of the Lord Jesus. We break the hold of sickness. We break the hold of setbacks. We break the hold of bitterness. We break the hold of destiny destroyers, relationship destroyers. And we decree and declare right now, 
whatever may be breaking or destroying anyone's life, destroying their relational life, destroying their career life, we decree an end to it right now in the name of Jesus. You paid the price for our sin that we may be forgiven and that we may experience salvation and restoration. And we know by the power of your blood that we're fully redeemed. So we decree for anyone partaking of this table today that redemption and restoration is their portion in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you for healings. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for open heavens over the life of everyone. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please go ahead and partake. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. As you partake of the communion, I want to just bless the name of Jesus and just thank him. Thank him for newness coming into your life. Thank him for healing. Thank him for divine supplies. Thank him for open heavens. Thank him. Thank him for peace. Because this week, as we step into a new week, somebody is experiencing peace like never before. Thank him for favor. Because the favor of God is coming upon your life like never before. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory be to Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. As we bring the service to a close, I, I love to encourage and every one of us uh, to give to God today. It's always a pleasure to give to God every time we gather together. And if for wherever you're watching from, uh, we, we have a platform that can serve your purpose of worshiping God with your substance. Can I ask uh, that you, 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 maybe you pick up a device or whatever you use to give, uh, the, the details of giving is now being displayed on your screen, or you can use any of the details from all, all of our local banks there. And if you're watching from outside of Nigeria, you can also use uh, the, 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 uh, the, the giving platform on our website, elevationng.org forward slash giving. It accepts international cards, and it's a secured platform. And if you want to do a wire transfer, the details of our GT Bank, wire transfer details uh, for, for foreign currencies is also being displayed on the screen. As you give today, I pray the peace of God upon your home, upon your life, uh, that the hand of God rest upon you in all of your ways, that the blessing of a worshiper, the blessing of a giver will rest upon you. That you, you won't have to knock and knock before doors will open unto you. As you go into this new week, I see doors open unto you in the name of Jesus. May God look upon your seeds favorably and cause his grace to abound towards you. As many as are honoring God with a, a tithe, I decree today uh, that according to the word of God, the devourer is rebuked for your sake, and the hand of God rests upon you in the name of Jesus. Your worship, may your worship be acceptable uh, in the throne of grace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for giving and supporting ministry work at the Elevation Church. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his faith to continually shine upon you in Jesus' name. For anyone who may be watching with us for the first time today online, I, I want to welcome you very, very specially. If you don't mind, can you go to the chat room and let us know that it's your first time. Let us know it's your first time. And the moment this service is over, we'd love to host you uh, to a very short Zoom uh, Hangout, which is just about five to seven minutes on Zoom. We'd love to know you. We'd love to send you a gift, uh, which is a, a digital gift that you'll be able to download. And if you join us on Zoom, you'll be able to uh, access that. We just want to love on you a little bit more. Please, if you don't mind, just join us on the Zoom platform the moment uh, this, this service is over. And it will be our pleasure to welcome you very, very specially. At the Elevation Church, uh, one assignment that we have of God is to make greatness common. And um, uh, we, we hope that uh, the hand of God uh, is resting upon you right now as you join us in this service. Our prayer is that as you continue to join us and worship with us, uh, the, the power in the word of God will find expression in your life. It will bring transformation into your life and you will never be the same again in Jesus' precious name. Thank you again uh, for, for, for joining us. And uh, we hope to see you again and again and especially see you on the Zoom platform after now. Praise God. Please stay tuned. We'll take some more announcements as we bring the service to a close. Have a fantastic week, and may the presence of God and the grace of God continue to abound towards you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. It's been 10 amazing years in the Elevation Church, and we can only celebrate God's goodness. It's been 10 years full of testimonies, all to the glory of God. 
I got to the hospital and then less than 30 minutes after I got to the hospital, I had her. I just want to thank God for safe delivery. Mother and baby are doing very fine. Legs are normal, hands are normal, no condition, no story. God just heard my prayer and it reminded me of the fact that God actually listens. And I just want to thank God because since that day up until now, I haven't had that migraine again. Thank God for the love and the care that we had in this church, it was tremendous. People were calling, coming to our house. The emotional support was just fantastic. People were praying for us. We had a whole house, this house praying with us. It's been 10 years of love, friendship, family, provision, leadership, miracles, signs, and wonders. It's been 10 years of making greatness common. This October, we celebrate God's greatness made manifest in our lives. And one more thing, you are next in line for greatness. Join us this October as we celebrate God's greatness with Dr. Mensah Otterbill, Reverend Sam Adeyemi, Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, Pastor Bola Akinlabi, and Pastor Godman Akinlabi. The Elevation Church, celebrating 10 years of God's greatness. We trust you had a wonderful time in God's presence. Join us this Wednesday for a special worship experience with the Elevation Priest of Praise. And let's thank God for seeing us this far in the year. It will stream live on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and MixLR. And ensure that you follow us or subscribe to our social media channels at Elevation NG so that you can get service alerts when we start. Get set for an encounter at Night of Increase, our quarterly video which holds online this Friday, the 2nd of October at 7 p.m. prompt. The theme is I Will Restore and it will stream live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and MixLR at Elevation NG. Do join us as we fast and pray from this Wednesday to Friday and trust God for divine restoration. Please invite your friends, family, colleagues, and get set for an encounter with God. Also get ready for next week, Sunday, the 4th of October, as we celebrate Nigeria by repping our tribes. So if you're coming to church or will be worshiping from home, we would love you to dress up in your traditional attires that represent your state or just share a picture with us on social media. We look forward to seeing you and celebrating with you. Ladies, our annual women's conference made for more is here again. Join us online on Saturday the 24th of October and an in-person on Sunday 25th of October for this year's conference themed Yearning for More. Speaking of Pastor Nike Adeyemi and our very own Pastor Bola Akinlabi, we'll share more details in subsequent broadcasts. Please join us for our morning prayers that holds Mondays to Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. West African time on Zoom and MixLR. The links are now displayed and we would share on our various social media platforms. If you haven't signed up already to be a part of our online community where you can engage with people for counsel, prayer and even friendship, simply visit onlinechurch.elevationng.org to join in and you can also join a small group by sending an email to smallgroups at elevationng.org. If you have a testimony, please share it by sending an email to testimonies at elevationng.org. And if you want to reach us at any time during this week, we're just an email or a call away. Simply mail us via info at elevationng.org or call us on 0700-ELEVATE. That is 0700 353 8283. Don't forget to speak to someone about Jesus this week. Thank you and God bless you. Did you know that we also broadcast our services on TV? That's right. You can save some precious data and watch us on the following channels. 